Like, I think Freud would have things to say about dad jokes. Welcome to Love It or Weave It, where we let you know if we love an anime enough to recommend it to everyone or if it's just for the worst of the weeks. I am Annie, and I think that the best anime trope is when a character has glasses and they push it up with their middle fingers and it goes shing. <laughs> I'm Jeff, and I think the best anime trope is when a character seems really mean and brooding, but actually they care about everyone so much that they're trying to distance themselves because they're sacrificing themselves for the well-being of everyone else, and they don't think their own life has any value, but through interaction with the main characters, (laughs) realize that they value their own life so much that they admit that they want to live. (laughs) Okay. That's better than some glasses thing. Okay, why can't we have both? The characters like that, but also does the glasses thing. <laughs> Anyways. Today we're sampling the first three episodes of Id Invaded, which is subtitled on Hulu and subbed and simuldubbed on Funimation Now. So this is a series which is an original work. Uh, there is a seinen manga, but the seinen manga came out around a couple months before the show came out. It was not based on that manga. The anime is not based on that manga. Uh, it's by Studio Naz, N-A-Z. Uh, it seems like this is the sixth series that they've led. Uh, they also have the seventh series. They've done Infinite Dendrogram also airing this season. So it seems like they're somewhat new. The only other series I'd heard from them, heard of from them is Dramatical Murder, which I know you have opinions about, Annie. Mm-hmm. The character designer for the series is Atsushi Ikaria, who did uh, The Devil's a Part-Timer, Fate Zero, and Fate Stay Night, Heaven's Feel character designs, which are all good, I guess. <laughs> You've seen Devil's a Part-Timer, right? Yes. They're, they're, it's fine. Yeah. The characters are fine. <laughs> the series composition is by Otaro Maijo, who has done several novels and short stories. The only really anime-related thing that they have written is apparently specials for The Dragon Dentist, which was a series I'd heard hyped up about, but I don't know if the specials are well-known for being... I've never even heard of that. I Yeah, I, I, think, it, I think it was something that was on Netflix, so we didn't really talk about it because it was the audience was bifurcated. Um, but yeah, I... Don't know much about this uh, person's short stories and stuff, but I found it notable that they're... So the, I think the, the real draw for the series is the director, A. Aoki, who is famous for lots of different series, and we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But I found it notable that the Japanese Wikipedia article for the writer, Otaro Maijo, is actually longer than A. Aoki. So I think in Japan, he might be more well-known. Uh, but anyway, so the director, A. Aoki, I actually did not realize when you picked the series, like, if I had known this was a director, I would have been much more excited for it. Oh. I haven't seen Wandering Sun, but I've heard so many good things about it. Um, but I really loved uh, Fate Zero and Recreators, and Al Noah Zero is there. Um, but <laughs> those are all pretty four, four pretty notable works that this director has done. Also interesting that like the notable series they worked on, Fate Zero, then Al Noah Zero, then Recreators, and It Invaded. Fate Zero is spelled with a slash and no spaces. Al Noah is Al Noah dot zero. Recreators is re colon creators with no space. And then id invader, id invade, oh my god, id, id invaded is id colon space invaded. So it's like everything has to have a space, everything has to have a punctuation, and it has to be a different punctuation each time. Strange. But yeah, A- Aoki also co-founded Studio Troika, which worked on Ad Noah Zero and Recreators. Um, notably not this series much. I think they did like second key animation or something, but mm-hmm. found I don't know what's going on there with the co-founder of the studio and them directing something at a different studio. But uh, I don't know, Troika is doing Idol 7 in April, so that'll be exciting. because that- That's good for you, uh, Jeff. Right, I can't make you watch it on the show, though. No. Nope. Because it's second season. <laughs> Uh, I'm free. Uh, the other bit 
that's notable about Aoki is that the, I think the elephant in the room when it comes to the series is Psychopaths, which it shares a lot of DNA with. And uh, Psychopaths was written by Gen Urobuchi, who also wrote the original novels for Fate Zero that Aoki is famous for directing. And uh, Aoki and Gen Urobuchi collaborated on Aonoa Zero. It was a weird situation where like Gen Urobuchi wrote the first three episodes of Aonoa Zero and then was kind of like credited, like in all the advertising and stuff, he was like listed as the writer, but it was really just his first three episodes. So it was like mm-hmm. not that well written and it was kind of overhyped. And anyway, Fate Zero is really well directed. Aonoa Zero is boring, but kind of interesting. And Recreators, I thought, was great from execution, from direction, a lot of different angles. So once I realized that Aoki was working on this, I was much more intrigued. Um, when, when Annie described it to me, I was like, eh, psychopath ripoff. But then once I learned Aoki wow. was involved, I was intrigued. Well, get ready because... <laughs> yeah, what's the show about? So I'm assuming it's in the future because it's a world that has um, the technology that lets people enter someone else's mind or their id, I guess as the show suggests. But when you can go inside the well, which is like the system that has the id in it, you can go inside someone's well, um, but only if you've killed someone. And so they are using, or the police are using a brilliant detective Sakaido to solve like serial killers, murders and find culprits. But the counterpart to Sakaido, his like real life person, Akihito Narihisago, um, is a murderer. So that's what we're dealing with. That's it. We're solving crimes with a murderer in people's minds. Mind crimes. Mind crimes. Well, they're real crimes. Mind they're real clues. crimes, but he's like solving them in the murderer's subconscious, which really did not work for me in the beginning. <laughs> I was just like, okay, where are we? Who are you? And it's just like his little avatar little Sakaido is his like avatar and he's just like hi I'm the brilliant detective and I'm like we get it you've said this a hundred times yeah so so the show I think is kind of I thought these uh, three episodes were a good sample because the first two episodes is really one I wouldn't say big case but it's kind of like it's it seems like the format is going to be somewhat episodic and the first two episodes were actually like a mixture of a case plus the show itself and what it was about was kind of the puzzle box mm-hmm. so when Sakaido basically jumped Jumps into these idwells of uh, the villains that they're trying to thwart. He wakes up with no memories, and so the first episode we're put in that context, and we are trying to figure out what the hell's going on along with him, which presumably he has to figure out every time. But uh, it was confusing. It was effective at making that confusing and putting us in his shoes of having to put together the clues, like basically everything about the world's going on, mm-hmm. in addition to the clues of the actual potential murder that's going on, but. I don't know. I feel like it was like almost needless obfuscation. Yeah, it was. Okay, so I was watching it and initially it just felt like kind of empty. Like I wasn't really intrigued by the mystery because it was just him exploring this like broken world and there was like a weird murder, but like you could tell it wasn't a real world and I didn't feel any real stakes. Yeah. So we should explain it's like a, it's like a weird, it seems like a virtual world. Like he wakes up with, with his body in pieces and is kind of like reconstructing his body and the it seems like they're basically like in a house with their different chunks of the house being split up and he's kind of yeah. like reconnecting it and stuff yeah so when he wakes up in this serial killer's subconscious i guess 
Um, he's like explaining, it was effective at explaining to us like what's going on. Like, oh, he's a detective. He has to solve a case and he has to piece together this world literally. But it just wasn't very interesting to me (laughs) until later when they connect it to the real world. And they're just like, oh, this is this mind of a serial killer who they're actively trying to catch at this moment. And he's Mm -hmm. finding clues that are helping them at this moment. And while that seemed wildly unrealistic to me, it did make it more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I like the angle that like, so he's basically in this subconscious dream-ish world and there's a team of analysts or whatever watching him trying to extract clues from the environment that he's seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really like that because it like he's not the one actually solving everything. Like he's kind of just like observing data that then this team of analysts is actually figuring out and that that felt a bit more realistic. I, like, I, I don't know. I think the yeah. show has a lot of cool concepts, like exploring a killer subconscious to extract clues is a really cool mm-hmm. concept. The, the premise that it's like, there's a murder happening in the subconscious at the same time that this subconscious avatar is also trying to solve seems a bit weird and muddled. And I don't know if that part works so well. Yeah, it also, I mean, it's only been three episodes, but they didn't explain why only a murderer can go into like another like murderer yeah. as well. And to me, I was like, it seems like there's no reason for that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's no, I guess like it will be explained later, probably. But it just seems kind of like pieced together as like, oh, this is how we tell you he's a murderer because you can only go in if you're a murderer. And I was like, whatever, sure. <laughs> I thought the part that felt like awkward writing like that was how the, I, I, I didn't write down specifics, but I feel like the way the world was being explained to us or the way that we eventually came to realize what was going on as we were watching this detective act, act things out was through the analysts who were watching him explaining things to each other that they all should have known. And I was like, you don't need, like, it, it just felt awkward in that it's like, you're all working on this together. You all know all this stuff. Like, why do you need to explain it to each other? Yeah. Um, there is. I'm curious if I went back and watched it again if I, because now I, I think maybe, maybe I was partially confused because there is a new, I think that girl who ends up getting tied into the case and like gets Mm -hmm. taken captive. I think she's supposed to be new to things. Yeah, she's a rookie. So maybe they were explaining things to her. It's very confusing because after I watched these episodes, I was like, okay, everyone compares the show to Psychopaths. Let me just see how similar it is to Psychopaths. And I watched the first half of episode one of Psychopaths and now I'm getting them confused because they are very similar. Okay, so... If we're going to start comparing it to Psychopaths, honestly, I'm going to say I preferred Psychopaths. Hmm. Season one, that's yes. it. I'm going to make that preface. It's season one of Psychopaths. I, I don't recommend the rest. But while upsetting, Psychopaths starts off like kind of in the heat of action instead of like this really abstract way of going about it and like they just seem more like real people instead of like an all-knowing detective who's just like i'm so smart i'm putting everything together at once while also not contributing to this case at all because i'm not (laughs) i'm not there but i think the main similarities besides like being cops (laughs) is the uh tool they use in it invaded is like the little handheld gun thingy, like a radar gun. They called it like Waku, uh, Waku Musubi. Um, mm-hmm. And it like can detect and collect cognition particles that are like these things that are given off when someone has the intent to kill. And then in Psychopaths, they have like another like detection system. It's not like a gun. It's just like like the whole world has cameras that can figure out if you are having like thoughts to do crime <laughs> or hurt somebody or kill somebody. So like that's just like kind of like the main similarity other than like they're cops. Other than that, I think 
psychopaths has more uh, interesting characters. It does also have like a girl rookie and like a veteran uh, cop guy who's a criminal. But oh, wait, just kidding. It's the same show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the girl in Psychopath seems to have more agency, but it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. So my my understanding is that Psychopath is more of like a bit more philosophical more action-packed definitely more action-packed like the, the premise or like psychopath centers around like them having cool guns and shooting each other right hell yeah but you can only use the gun if you're a cop <laughs> uh, whereas this show seems like there is action in that there are like there are scenes where they have to go catch the killer but like it's really more of a detective uh, case-solving mystery show. Yeah. The psychological aspects of the show are kind of just fancy, uh, pretentious window dressing. <laughs> uh, like, some aspects of it I think are really cool. I think the concept of, you know, like, analyzing a killer's subconscious mind and extracting clues from that to figure out where they potentially are or will, will kill again or whatever is a cool concept, but I think that, like, it's overloaded with, like, cognition particles and like oh no the dogma's out of control and just like a bunch of yeah just a bunch of random words yeah like a bunch of random gobbledygook words that like i don't know it really frustrates me when it's like the show is trying to impress the viewer but like it's just using them randomly so it's like there's no meaning behind them it's like fake world building yeah they're trying to force it on you right well i think i find it more egregious when it's like trying to sound smart and I'm like, by just throwing around words that sound fancy to you, it actually sounds less smart to me. But mm-hmm. yeah, but I thought it was really cool. The um, just the visual style. I mean, I guess it's going to be different for each episode, like in each subconscious world, each id well they go into. It seems like mm-hmm. it's going to be presented in a completely different style. So maybe yeah. there, isn't, there isn't much to like extract from these two episodes about how all the rest of them and the rest of the series are going to be. But in the first episode, the world where he's doing Inception style, like morphing the world around him throwing it around and stuff i thought it was yes. really cool visually it was fun yeah visually it was cool um doesn't mean i loved it uh sakaido <laughs> is like is like in in id avatar uh i thought it looked really cool <laughs> i saw his character design and i was like oh shit this guy is cool as hell wow. i loved i loved his stupid hair any ho- horny for murderers it's horny for murderers that's me but like his hair is cool and he's like a less okay you know what he was like a less annoying senku is what he reminded me of because like he's kind of a smart know-it-all with spiky hair but like he didn't get on my nerves <laughs> i actually did not i never really got the vibe from him that he was a know-it-all like i know that he said several times that he's the famous detective or whatever but like i felt like i never really got um, I mean, I'm not really well versed in detective fiction, mm-hmm. but like, I didn't really get a Sherlock Holmes like expert who knows everything before they go into it kind of vibe from him. I got like a I'm lost and I'm confused and I'm trying to figure this out and like I'm desperately scrambling. Like he felt more grounded. Yeah, he's definitely like not as in your face as other detectives are about it. Like I know everything. I'm an expert. Or if you're Senku, you're just annoying. But <laughs> <laughs> wow listen i have a bone to pick with him but like it didn't he is like supposed to be as he said a hundred times a brilliant detective and like him saying it over and over did get on my nerves but like i get that he's just trying to ground himself in whatever fake reality he's in Mm -hmm. but i did love him but did you get did you get that his name i don't know what the saka means but ido means well oh my god 
Like id well, Ido, in Japanese is Ido, which means well. Oh, they had to do that whole thing in the beginning. Did you? Okay, did you watch this subbed or dubbed? So I watched the first two episodes dubbed and the third one subbed. Okay, so I watched it, the whole thing subbed. So in the first episode, they're talking about the the id and uh, the main girl, um, Hondomachi. Yes, Hondomachi. She um, is like, oh, isn't it funny that it's like named id and then goes on to say like like explain what it means in japanese characters Mm -hmm. um and then the other guy is like no it's fate here's the other characters that it could be used to be read with and i was like wait wait i don't understand what's happening i'm not paying attention close enough but what did they do in english so i think the dub the only thing that sounds different i I wish i had watched the subtitle version to compare but like i think they basically said all of that I think the only thing that may have sounded like more of like a thing that would be added for a dub was that she was like, so she mentions that it's like, so the Japanese, well, it's awkward because in the dub, they have to explain that they're speaking in Japanese kind of like, she's like, so the Japanese word for mm-hmm. well is ido. And it sounds like id, is that just like a dad joke or something? Oh, and yeah. Then, okay. That's what they say in the, um, oh, in they use a, ja- the, dad joke in Japanese. Yeah. They say, like in the subtitle. Is, is the dad joke on Freud's id, the Japanese word for well, intentional? <laughs> that's an interesting. I'd never thought of combining into one sentence dad joke and Freud. Like, I think yeah. Freud would have things to say about dad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, yeah. He says, the other guy says like, oh, Ido can be written as with other and earth. Right, right. Um, and I was like, okay. I mean, I, I thought it was silly. Like, it's like there just to explain, like, it feels more realistic to say, like, have characters acknowledge that it's like. There are all these coincidences in the terminology around them. And it's kind of cute that he's like, no, there's so many coincidences. This is fate. I don't know how I feel about that. She's also like Googling it and scrolling down. And um, it says like on the screen, like on like the dictionary website that she's on, it says Edo buttocks or Edo other world. And I was like, okay. <laughs> what? I missed the, miss the buttocks. It. Yeah. It's just like, it could be. And I was like, one, nobody says that. No one says buttocks. Two. <laughs> Two. We get it. You're pointing at the other world because, like, great. But yeah, honestly, I was interested in it. I wasn't super bored. I was like, a mystery. I'll find out what's next. I didn't enjoy the psychological torture, though, because it was that was less interesting to me. <laughs> Which, what psychological torture are you referring to? In the third episode, when they catch the um, bomber guy, the pyrotechnic technic guy um and he just like convinces him that he's an idiot and he should kill himself and then he does yeah so i guess that's after like are we not doing spoilers my bad spoilers <laughs> oh wait um yeah i'm not sure for this one like how much we should be spoiling or not because it is kind of framed mystery? around yeah these being mysteries for each episode okay so spoilers guys <laughs> yeah okay yeah i think for now on we're gonna talk spoilers about the reveals in these three episodes um i don't think in the scheme of things the reveals in these three episodes are going to be that major in the scheme of the show so like yeah if you're still on the fence of whether to watch a show or not i think you should keep listening but if you are definitely going to watch and have not yet seen the show i think you should go watch and then come back um so now we're gonna jump into the id well of spoilers oh god all right so <laughs> in episode three when they catch the pyrotechnic guy um which was weird and i didn't quite understand how they caught him yeah i think it was like vaguely that it seemed like he was a survivor in that scenario so they like pieced together and he must have been in a war zone and it must have been a survivor and found photographers that had been in the war zone and were like okay you're a murderer yeah (laughs) 
here you are. But um, they put him in the cell across from the main dude. His name I can never remember. Oh, Nari Hisago. He was brought up before where his like handler was like, yeah, we don't want you uh, psychologically torturing people into killing themselves again. And we don't want to repeat. He's like, don't you mean have four, Pete? <laughs> and I was like, shut up, dude. And when I said that, I thought that they were referring to like in the scenarios inside the wells. So I thought that was like. One time inside the well, he like did something so extreme, or four times, he did something so extreme that like the person committed suicide because of the actions in the subconscious. But then I guess it's just, they just leave the people they've captured next to him and allow him to talk to them. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, if you didn't want to repeat, why'd you put him in a cell across the way where they can hear each other? Like, that sounds insane and like a recipe for disaster. So he literally, like, psychologically picks this dude apart until he's ready to choke himself out to death. Yeah, and I really wasn't sure what the tone... Uh, was the tone of that supposed to be that we, like, were agreeing with him? And Because it seemed kind of like it was, like, trying to prove that the serial killer's my worldview was wrong. That it was, like, yes. he had this weird twisted worldview that, like, people who were like gawking and like so absorbed by their phones to kind of deserve to die. And it was like, mm-hmm. he was like psychologically Doing the abusing same him. Thing. Yeah. Like he was like pointing out that he was hypocritical and that like everything that he was judging people for was actually judging himself. But like, he does seem to be like taking, not taking glee in the guy committing suicide, but like being totally cool with it. It was weird. Um, And also like, I understand that the point of it is because it, when they explained earlier that his daughter and I think wife were, um, murdered by a serial killer and he wants revenge that of course he would want to take that out on all serial killers that he finds including this guy and like right. i feel like we're supposed to be sympathetic at this point in time like him like making that serial killer kill himself we're supposed to be like yeah that guy deserves it good thing he's killing himself but instead i was just like what is happening <laughs> who let this who's supervising where's a camera <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah, it doesn't even, it's like, if this is something he's done to other prisoners, they shouldn't have set him up that way. I thought where we were heading with that whole, like, 3P thing was that, like, he had done things that were extreme in the dream without knowing it. And mm-hmm. then, like, he had, like, progressed beyond that. And, you know, like, in his past, he had done things that were really evil, but was now a better person. But then by the end of episode three, I'm like, or not, I guess he's just a terrible person still, and they're okay with that. But they mm-hmm. snarkily comment on it occasionally. <laughs> It's like, oh, you better not go kill another person. He's like, oh, no, I better not. Oopsie. Oopsies. I tortured a guy psychologically. <laughs> I feel like the show, what I kind of wondered about those scenes, like about that scene where he kind of like proves that the killer is like wrong and like he's hypocritical and whatever. And the some of the interaction with the, the, the killer in the first two episodes that was drilling holes in people's brains. Um, if the show was trying to get across anything in its worldview and like in the way that the killers were thinking or the way in which they were proved wrong. And I don't know, I couldn't get like anything meaningful from it. Like I feel like their ideologies were absurd and the ways in which they were proved wrong were also kind of absurd. Yeah. Like the the drill guy was like, uh, there's more clarity if you drill a hole in your head. And then the girl drills a hole in her head and he's like, sick. That's all I needed. <laughs> well, okay. I think I think it's more like <laughs> he drilled a hole in his own head to get clarity because of the wind going through his skull so then he wanted mm-hmm. to apply that same thing to other people and it never worked it just killed them but then she because of the elaborate uh like intent to kill mechanics like just like jumped up to let herself 
like basically was attempting to commit suicide by having the drill go in her head. Yeah, yeah. So that then that would create an idwell of her that they could go that he could jump to or whatever. And mm-hmm. so the fact that she did it to herself, like that was the, the only time aside from the killer doing it to himself that someone did it to themselves. And he was like, oh, that's what's different. It's doing it to yourself instead of having it done on you. And then he's like, reached peace from that. And I'm like, was there a mean, like, did the meaning just fly over my head? Or was it just like, not there? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I just, you know what? There are things I liked. And I want to talk <laughs> about those. Okay. So I liked um, Sokaido's character design. Did you think that his his in-game avatar design and his outside real design were drastically different? Yeah. Oh, because the only thing I really noticed was his hair. Like, it, his hair was, like, up in the in the world and then down, and down outside the world. And down in a darker color, and he just looked like shit in the real world. But <laughs> Same, same. same. Yeah, same. But, so I liked his in-game avatar, or whatever, his in-id. <laughs> um, but... It was cute. And then I was, I'm actually way more interested in the whole, when he was like having flashbacks or dreaming about his family. And he's like, oh, look at this cute conversation me and my daughter are having. And he's like, this never happened. I was never home. Uh, We would have never had this conversation because she never saw me and she didn't like me. (laughs) And then like when he saw his like dead daughter's corpse, it was like perfect. And then he's like, that's not how it was. Like all her bones were broken. Her skull was (laughs) bashed in. Hmm. And I'm like, really, I'm curious as to why he's seeing all those perfect things and when the reality he knows is like horrible. And I'm also very interested in his revenge plot much more than I am interested in catching all these serial killers, even though I know that is like the stepping stones to his revenge. But I did I did kind of like that it was diving into his past more. And I was like, great, a character I can care about. Get me on board. <laughs> I Maybe this isn't fair, but I was pulled out of that moment when he sees a daughter because I was like, isn't this the identical character design? As the rookie on the police force that just yeah, got the drill similar. in her brain. I yes. was like, is this supposed to be like he's, you know, like transposing a real life person he's seen recently into his memories? Or like, is it just like a case of Oda, one piece drawing all women look the same? Yes, uh, all women look the same in this show. Also, there's a lot of like all of the dreams or like all of the scenarios that he envision, envisions apparently revolve around a girl who looks like his daughter getting killed, which... um Yeah, what's up with Interesting that? optics for the show yeah just having a dead girl over and over again in different ways i mean i guess that's like part of the tropes of the genre whatever so it's not entirely its own fault but yeah right like you you can it's you know what i appreciated that the girl with the drill in her head didn't die yeah i really thought they were just like the first episode ended and she was like kidnapped and i was like wow they really just killed that girl for no reason (laughs) other than like plot and then she was alive i was like oh thank god and it looks like she will be like a major player later on, which excites me instead of, wow, she just died so the dude detective can find somebody else. Yeah, I thought that was like so extremely callous. If that, like it's, it seemed like where I was heading, I was like, oh, geez, like, so I don't know, at least it subverted my expectations there. Mm-hmm. That's good. I was happy about that. Uh, I don't, I'm not really going to hold this against the show in terms of like affecting how much I recommend it to other people or not. But just as a personal thing that like affects my personal enjoyment of stuff like this, I just find it so morbid to like have something so focused on death. Like, yeah, just like when every episode is revolving around death and it's just like like a second episode. I mean, there were some gruesome things in sorry in the third episode. 
there was some gruesome things in the first and second episode, but like the third episode when it's just like, oh, let's just watch this group of people all get shot in the head over and over and over yep. again. I was like, this is good. just, yeah, like, I, I don't know, but there are even like things that are fun. Like after playing Danganronpa or Ace Attorney, I get fatigued and I'm just like, this is sad. Everyone keeps dying. Yeah. And those are like fun games. So this thing that's like supposed to be <laughs> gritty and serious and like. It's too serious. Yeah. But, you know, because I do like mysteries and detective shows, kind of. <laughs> it's like I like trying to figure stuff out. And I think these are set up in such a way that they're not fun for the audience to really figure out. Mm-hmm. Like there's things that like you couldn't you couldn't figure them out on your own. And that's not right. very fun. <laughs> I remember hearing that there are basically like two main schools of detective stories. And I forget what the archetypical examples of the two of them are. I think Sherlock Holmes stories are the the one kind where it's like basically most of the clues are not laid out to you. It's like by Sherlock like figuring things out, it's like presenting to you the evidence that you would need in order to have ever thought of the solution. And yeah. the other school of detective stories is to like actually have all the clues in visible sight and have the reader or viewer or whatever like actually be trying to guess along as you as you go through the story. And I don't, know, I don't think I've actually seen many of that second type. That seems so much harder to actually execute well. Yeah, well, they have things that, like, hint at things. Like, did you see Knives Out? Yes. Are you lying to me? No, I have seen it. I'm just confused where it's fitting in this. Okay, so you know in Knives Out how you could definitely guess, you wouldn't know for sure, but you could have guessed who the killer was? Mm-hmm. And... Like, you didn't have all of the information, but you could kind of piece together, like, what was going on as time went on. Mm. Um, in this, I couldn't piece together things because they, they weren't there. Like, <laughs> figuring out that, like, the killer was hiding in the corpse of that one girl in the first episode. I was like, how on earth? <laughs> I mean, that's tough because, like, that is something they much expect. It's like... Okay, the fact that she was, was, she was the one body that was whole and everything else was in pieces is there. But we were also figuring out the rules and parameters for the world. So like, mm-hmm. thus it's like, okay, maybe the dead girl is always there whole. You know, like that could that could just be the rule instead of also like the way the way that which the killer was hiding inside her didn't make, sense. make a whole person. Yeah, like it didn't. It wasn't like yeah, she didn't, he didn't have half her body part. Like, <laughs> yeah, because also it was operating under the assumption that this, um, what's her name? Kaede? The, the, like, the place, the, girl? the like, body that yeah. he always sees being, it's Kaeru, like, to return Kaeru. home. Kaeru. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Okay, so Kaeru, she, um, I, we were operating under the assumption that she was just part of, uh, like, the detective's subconscious, or, like, he put her there because it was like, I am the brilliant detective. I know who she is. That's how I remember who I am. And I was like, oh, so that's like clearly like a device they use to ground whoever gets put into the the well. Mm-hmm. And so I was just operating under the assumption like, oh, she's not part of the world. So it doesn't matter if she's whole. And like for the, the pyrotechnic one, there's no way you could have solved that because there was nothing to solve. <laughs> and it's just like, it's kind of like none of the fun of the detective stuff while being a detective show like, I don't get to try to solve it because there's there's nothing for me to really solve. <laughs> I mean, I think there were some aspects of it that's like, you could pause and be like, you know, like, there are some mysteries that were being laid out that's like, you can guess. It wasn't like the entirely new, like, aspects of the world were being introduced. You know, like, like the, the thing with the, when they're on that turret that is spinning or whatever, like, and they're talking about how, like, okay, the position is changing all the time. Like, the idea that, oh, the entire thing is spinning instead of the sniper moving. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a guessable thing. I yeah. think it's not... There weren't clues towards it, though. 
You know, it's like the kind of thing no. that you could, without any educated reasoning, just be like, oh, well, maybe that. And you could be right. But there wouldn't yeah. have been like actual breadcrumbs to it until there were breadcrumbs. And then it's like, okay, that's the answer. So, yeah, well, honestly, yeah. I think the point of the problem is because since the first world was so like disjointed and the rules didn't apply, it, like you kind of just don't understand how the rules work in the rest of these scenarios like you don't know is this the real world do things operate the same way like you can't like, i don't know i couldn't assume that oh it's a tower that's rotating because i was like i also don't know how this world works in this wa weird waterfall <laughs> yeah i also don't know like we've only seen two of these idwell worlds like are they mm -hmm. going to have consistent rules and mechanics or is it going to be like an entirely new set of rules every time that i guess i yeah. maybe it's just too early for us to actually make a judgment call on that's true um, because I could see by the end of it, like maybe after 10 episodes, it's like you understand what things carry through each time, what things don't. And like, maybe you can have a better picture going into later episodes, possibly. Maybe. It was, you know, as much as I'm complaining, I didn't hate watching it and I kind of enjoyed some of it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not super into all the, like, I want to say gore because it's not super gory, but like all of the murder. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a lot super of blood. into that. Yeah. I'm not into it. Uh, it's not for me. If it was less murdery, I'd probably mo be more into it. I was, I was confused because um, watching on Hulu, it's like this show is for mature audiences. And I was like waiting for the, which I say only for the babies out there to know how cool they are for listening. And it didn't, mm -hmm. didn't happen. <laughs> so, you know, Hulu really needs to get on their McAvoy brother game. Yeah. They were... <laughs> They were just like, every time they're like, mature audiences. And I was like, skip. And it said, you can't skip this part. I, like, I feel like after you watch the first two episodes, the third episode, you should just know. Mm. They should give me a pass. No, no. I sat through the warning already. They know your baby. Oh, yeah, they do. But Jeff, did you like anything? Because we've just been kind of negative. <laughs> I, I think the things, the aspects of it that I really liked were, uh, it's hard for me to know like how much they're going to apply to this sh overall show, though. Because like I think the things I really liked were the, really in the first episodes, like the, the world that he was moving around and like the, the cool visuals and cool ideas. And I feel like it was really the execution of the ideas and like the actual cases that kind of bum me out for disappointing me. So mm -hmm. I think that that's enough for me to be like intrigued enough to keep watching, but definitely not enough from these three episodes to be like, oh my God, this is the hit of the season. You need to go watch it. Yeah. Cause it's, it is cool. Like just looking at it in all the different worlds and getting to jump in, but that's not enough for me. It's this, is, <laughs> you know what? This is a very okay show. It's not mm -hmm. bad. I don't hate it. But I don't want to love it. Well, I do want to love it, but I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> I could see a show that doesn't, I don't know. It's disappointing me in these three episodes. Like, I could see it going to a place where I am happy with it by the end, but it's not like it didn't blow me away, you know? Yeah. Kind of hoped it would blow me away. Yeah. I feel like if we keep watching, this one I feel like is definitely a keep watching this season for me just to see where it's going. Mm -hmm. So far, there's only three shows on my list this season that I'm going to keep watching. And that's Azok and Smart on the Runway in this? Yes. Those are my three. Three very different shows. They could not be more different, these three shows. But like this one is probably one of the better animated ones as well to me like yeah. it's it's using um a lot of 3d in the first episode especially which i wasn't a fan of but actually in all of them there's like a, a good usage of 3d but i thought the 3d didn't pull me out of it because it was like yeah it was all things that felt natural and weird and digital already so it was like mm -hmm. it wasn't like yes a person that is rotating and 
they go from 2D to 3D for the rotation scene, and then they turn back to 2D. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's not Bofuri. Did that happen to Bofuri? Oh, during the fight scenes, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. During that yeah. one fight scene, yeah. <laughs> so, like, this one did it a lot better, and, like, it was cool to watch. And I was shaking my head, though, in, like, that first world where he's, like, piecing things together, and it's super epic. And he's like, the music's going hard, and he's jumping around. And and then he, like, looks down, and he's like, what I find? This is Takoya. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> There wouldn't just be a gap of land missing that says Takoya. And they're like, quick, he's in the he's in the Takoyaki shop. Go. I thought that was really dumb, but it was funny. I I, I don't know if it was dumb. I mean Why in this guy's subconscious would like the world be broken up? You know, I'm not gonna try to explain it. It doesn't make sense. I can kind of reason out like there's no doesn't need to be a reason for like, oh, the clue is in the fact that there are missing pieces from the world. But mm-hmm. the entire world being split up into different pieces is like there didn't seem to be any rationale for that. Like I could see if they tried to explain it as like this person's psyche is just so they are so fragmented, but instead it's like that's just how it is. And I thought I thought all the worlds are gonna be like that. Yeah. And then it's like not so okay. Mm. Well, I thought I was confused because the message there to me was this guy with the literal hole in his head has a mm. fragmented uh, subconscious. Right. But every other serial killer is totally sound of mind. It's like what it felt like. It was like, oh, only this one guy who is drilling holes in people's heads is like his reality is so messed up. But the other guy who's like blowing people up or like another guy who. What was the other guy that we didn't encounter? We didn't go in their id? Oh, like the oh. challenger who made people fight to the death? When was that explained? Like, oh, that was the one who killed his daughter. Oh, which I assume has not been... Oh, no, wait, I think he has been caught and he, I assume, murdered him. I think so. That's probably why he's a murderer. But I'm just like, oh, because like they were talking about how they've never seen this before. Like, wow, his self or his subconscious must be so... Like fragmented and messed up. And I'm like, oh, you're telling me all these other guys didn't have that? Like they're not messed up? I mean, if I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt, I think they, what they don't mean is like it's split up because he's messed. It's not about how deranged or like how, uh, you know, like disorderly his thoughts are. It's more that like Mm -hmm. it's literal holes. He has a hole in his head. Therefore, his mind has holes (laughs) in it. So good. They did a good job. But yeah. So. you know, yeah. I would be stopping so negative. It was an enjoyable show. I think the thing that I'm most positive about is that, like it has potential. Yeah, I could see that maybe these are like not the strongest stories in the bunch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll just have to keep watching and see. But until then, I'm weebing it. Yeah, I I I weft it behind. Oh God, I'm going on record. It's now canon that the past tense of weeb is weft. Mm-hmm. Weft. We weft it behind. Jesus Christ. It's been weft. No, I hate that. Anyways, <laughs> that's our verdict for weeping it. We do have Twitter questions. Yes, we do. So the first question was left by David B. At, or at Hermanos. Um, okay, I'm not reading his first question. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll read it. First question. Isn't David really handsome and interesting? And doesn't he have a really good taste? Go away. (laughs) Two. Uh, What do you think about the genius detective genre or trope in general? Is it exciting to you or just a thing you see sometimes? It's unexciting to me. That is my answer. Yeah, I wish I knew more about it. Or like, I wish I I had more, like, had seen the highlights of the genre. I think the only time I really enjoy it is when it's kind of comedic. Hmm. Uh, Like in Knives Out, like his character, the detective, who is like really smart and skilled. He also had a hilarious like 
personality mm-hmm. and he was just like drinking soda and had a funny accent um <laughs> drinking soda is the part that you consider part of his, fu- no, his quirky okay. personality no, it was funny because he was drinking the soda while listening to music while like she's literally trying to resuscitate a person but <laughs> spoilers for knives out i guess uh i i think i i don't know i mean i think the like like i was saying of like the the two different types of stories of like one where like there is an audience not an audience circuit like a a guide who knows all the answers and just tells it to you over time versus one where it's more organic and the clues are there i i guess on theory i would prefer the second one over the detective who just knows all the answers and dishes out to you but i don't actually know stories like like that other kind yeah but speaking of like com comedic takes on it maybe mm-hmm. this is a controversial take but um oh my god what's it called uh school judgment Kakihote, do you ever okay, read that? No. I, I really liked it. it. It's a Shonen Jump comic about, it's basically like Ace Attorney, but in a like middle school or elementary school classroom setting. So like the, and it's like an absurd premise where there are like school trials whenever like mundane classes happen, when mundane incidents happen in class. So like, I think the first case is a murder of the school mm-hmm. pet fish and like oh. things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's treated with all the gravitas of like, there's actually a trial and there's like an enemy lawyer and there's like all the, all this absurd stuff that's just taken to the extreme for this like elementary school s- scenario so i appreciate that when it's like that absurd. Mm-hmm. and i have enjoyed some like detective conan stuff mm-hmm. but again it's like it's not as gruesome most of the time actually there is a lot of murder but like it's not as gruesome <laughs> it's not like people being sniped over and over i guess yeah it's more fun i just have so only have so much tolerance for like a structure where Someone dies every episode. Yeah, it's more fun when it's lighthearted genius detectives. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I like it sometimes, and it is a little exciting, but also sometimes it's grating on me and wears me down. It's weird how, like, Ace Attorney is such a, like, fun and energetic, like, cast and, like, stuff, but it's like everyone just keeps dying around them. You know, like, oh. it's, it's usually not just random people. It's like, friends and family of the main characters and i'm like this is sad there's so much debt yeah well do you want to read our other question slash comment so the second question is from uh gilad ronat sorry if we butchered your pronunciation um but they said the show has been my favorite this season no questions would just love to hear discussion about it i feel that while animation and action have been relatively on the simpler end the narrative environment and ideas set forth make this show top-notch suspense story all right so sorry that we <laughs> did not agree um i'm not i will give you that it is one of the better shows of the season for sure yeah uh it is more interesting it does have more of a story and a more in like i don't want to say intricate but a more fleshed out world or environment. It's just that there's so many of them. I don't really feel <laughs> that I'm like invested. <laughs> and I feel like I'm at a weird crossroads of being like, you know, sometimes you watch a cool episodes or something and you're like, you have so much confidence in it that you're like, I don't know how it's going to pay off, but it's going to be amazing. Like that's mm-hmm. how everyone was for years with Game of Thrones. Like it's going to pay off. It must pay off amazingly. It's been so good so far. It can't pay off poorly. Right. Um, and obviously people are wrong. But yeah, with this show three episodes in, I'm like, it could pay off really well, but I just don't have so much confidence in it. Like, there are already some signs I've seen of like, like the stuff with um, the main character, Sakido, the way he's like being like psychologically abusive to the other inmates. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't trust where that's going like i'm like not sure if i'm supposed to be rooting for him or, or like if that's a narrative that's actually gonna be tackling that like we are or not supposed to be rooting for him i'm just confused at where it's going with that and yeah. the um the basically like the structure of the the big mystery of the season the what do they call him john walker or something yes oh yeah we didn't even talk about him yet yeah so like as soon as he came into the show i was watching the first episode with my boyfriend 
And as soon as he walked in and then like, so as, as soon as they started talking about John Walker and showed the like blurred out face and then like in the next scene, the head of the, of the whatever agency walked in and started talking about stuff. And he was like, my boyfriend was like, yep, that's him. And I'm like, maybe, I don't know. I hope it's not that obvious, but... <laughs> What if it is, though? Okay, see, here's, you know what? That's the mystery I'm looking for. Oh, my God. So that's what I wanted. I want that part of the show. You know, I'm back into this show. It's because <laughs> the, the real mystery is this John Walker guy. I wasn't even thinking about that. And now we have the clues. It's the director. We've called it. But it's weird that he wasn't even mentioned in episode three at all, I think. Well, that's because we had to watch the guy talk a man into killing himself. Yeah, that was very important. It was very important to our story. And he also had a lot of flashbacks. (laughs) But he's going to come up again, clearly, because everyone's had contact with them. Yeah. So I guess I'm just like, it depends if the show is going to go in a direction where it's like, like how many layers of obfuscation are going to be on it? You know, or how many layers of twists? Is it going to be the thing that to a bunch of people they didn't see coming? And people who are paying a little bit of attention are like, oh, Dalio is there the whole time. Or is it going to be like only the people that were like finding every little detail saw coming? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, we'll have to see and we'll keep watching more. Yes. But we are, we're not loving it. So we're not committing to a four. We're <laughs> sorry that we haven't loved anything. I'm so sorry. It's a very wee bee season. <laughs> okay. You know what? That brings us to a n- review that someone oh, left yes. us. <laughs> So Mini Ninja Zombie uh, reviewed our podcast. Thank you, Mini Ninja Zombie. Uh, they titled it A Bit Weeby Maybe. And their full review is podcast title should be Weeb It or Weeb It. Otherwise, good. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. It's just the next season. I'm sure I'll love something. I swear. I swear. Unless, unless everything next season gets delayed because of coronavirus. Oh, God. Listen, <laughs> I love... I do love something this season. It's called Haikyuu to the Top. <laughs> and it's excellent. Ugh, there, I loved something. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's our podcast. Yeah. If you want to leave us a review too, calling us out for not liking anything this season, then go ahead and review us on Apple Podcasts. Or if you just want to give us some feedback, let us know at loveiterweebit at gmail.com or tweet at us at loveiterweebit. Or tweet at us personally. I'm Jeff Lane Joe. Oh, and I'm at any other name. And next week, we are going to be watching Beastars, which is going to finally be on Netflix. Thank you, Netflix. Finally. Maybe we'll love this one. Who knows? We could be furries. You have never asked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm glad they haven't asked. So if you want to ask us if we're furries, please tweet at us and I'll let you know. (laughs) Anyways, bye. Bye. And as we always say, promise her anything, but give her anime. Then we should pick a different one. Let's do favorite anime trope. Okay, that was the second one I was considering. Okay, favorite anime trope. Wait, let me pick one. <laughs> Wait, how'd you, why'd you go to that one? Oh, I just, it was the only anime related thing I thought of in my noggin. Oh, because like I, it was exactly what I was thinking of. Oh, wow. We are so in sync. Let me eat this Oreo. You rejected my idea, so. Hey, hey, shut up. What's the opposite of in sync? M sync? Shut up. I'm eating my Oreo. What does the Oreo represent in your subconscious psyche? Shut up, Jeff. It represents that I wanted a fucking Oreo. <laughs> Is it the multi-layered tiered nature of society and economic oppression?
Now it's got one oil. I just realized my Zelda calendar is stuck on February. It has Majora's Mask as a heart for February. And I'm like, Majora's Mask is not supposed to be a heart. I mean, it is shaped like a heart, but like, it's a weird thing to pick for February. Okay. Are you ready, Jen? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello. No, don't do it. That's mine. <laughs> okay. All right. Hello. Jeff, I, I was about to do it. You ruined my life. Okay, 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 okay. Shut up, Jeff. Okay. Hello and welcome to Love It or Weeb It, where we let you know if we love an anime enough to recommend Shink. the character is like that, but also does the glasses thing. Shink. Anyways. <laughs> I'm gonna take that uh audio clip of you saying shink and just insert it all over the podcast. <laughs> no. Anyways, Jeff. Shink. And as we always say, promise her anything, but give her anime. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to try some alternate readings. Mm-hmm. And as we always say, promise her anything, but give her anime. Promise her anything, Psst. but give her anime. Psst. What? What are you saying? That was very, that one was very serious. <laughs> promise her anything. Wait. But give her anime. <laughs> promise her anything. No. But give her anime. <laughs> I do, I, I, I get so caught up in like the heat of like what point I'm trying to make or whatever, but I, I should try to like mix up my cadence, like promise her anything, but give her anime. No, that that's was not for me. Okay. That's not funny. That's just creepy. Promise her anything, but give her anime. <laughs> <laughs> promise her anything, but give no. her anime. Nope. <laughs> How come when no. I pause, it sounds creepy? You know, you just promise her anything, but give her anime. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like it's a shitty thing. Anyways. I'm going to go eat some Hawaiian sweet rolls. <laughs> I'm kind of bummed about that episode. I feel like it wasn't fun because we didn't like it and we didn't hate it. So we couldn't shit on it. Yeah. It was just so like trepidatious of like, maybe it ends up being good. Maybe it ends up being bad. I don't know. Are you going to do it again? Hi. Welcome to Love <laughs> We've We've got some more opinions on It Invaded. I think the main dude's hot as shit. Let's go. Pink hair spiked up. It's lit. Jeff, how hot do you think the characters are? Whenever I kept mentioning the show to a boyfriend when I was like saying, like asking if we watch it, I was like, mm-hmm. so it's called, I, I thought if I said it's called Id Invaded that he'd be confused about like, how to spell it or whatever. So I was like, it's Id colon Invaded. And he kept being like, colon Invaded? Kind of show is <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Does sound horrible. It's the colon Invaders. No, I don't like that, Jeffrey. That's what okay, so is hot or not? Is the main guy hot or not? He's, Jeff, go. He's hot. He's, he's so, anyways, hot, I guess he's hot. He's not real. Like, I just feel like it wasn't like he didn't feel like a real person. Okay, so were you more into like his handler guy? Is he hot to you? Momoki okay, let's pull up a list of characters. Is his name? I think. What about b- bullet to the head guy or dr- drill missing a hole in his head guy? Not hot. Oh, not hot. His voice actor is hot though. <laughs> um. Oh, the hand. Which one do you consider the handler? Like the main one at the terminal? Yeah, Momoki. Yeah, he's pretty hot. Yeah, his voice actor. Oh boy. Also it's hot. It's all about voice to you, isn't it? Yeah, for reals though, it is. He's the same voice actor who does Tokoyami. Oh, bo- oh shit! I didn't do my say you sidebar or say you oh, section. He's at. I so hit yeah. Sakaido is, is, is pretty hot. <laughs> oh, also, I mean, I don't know her name, but the um. The, like, seems like second in command lady. She's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know who she is. I like her design. I don't remember her name. She probably doesn't have a name. She doesn't have a name, but... Oh, also, is the guy with his hair that's, like, up in a, like, he has, like, a band pulling it up? Mm-hmm. Is his hair red? I think his hair is, is like, brown? a light brown. For people who don't know me in real life, this is my eternal curse that I have red hair and like redheaded characters, but I, I am also colorblind and 
don't know which colors <laughs> I have red hair. Release me, release me from this recording. Okay. I thought you had more hot or nots to do. Okay. Oh, no, there's not that many characters. <laughs> Main guy, hot. Um, let's, let's go let's go through everyone in the crowd that gets shot. No. <laughs> Whose faces are constantly morphing? No, thanks. That's what makes them hot. Ew, okay, good night. <laughs>